All right, how are you guys doing tonight? You good? You guys alive tonight? Amen, okay. All right. We're going to have something different today. tonight. We're going to have a, a little Q&A panel. We're going to have a sesh. Just kidding, we're not going to have a sesh. We're going to have a, we're going to have a session. <laughs> a couple announcements. Uh, I want to just, you know what? By the way, before I give announcements, uh, we had prayer marathon this week. How many of you guys enjoyed that? Amen. Who was here for all four nights? Who was here for all four nights? Yes, we had a, uh, a worship service, a spontaneous worship service last night. That was awesome. Um, and yeah, we had a, and you know what? Actually, this prayer marathon is going to continue because tonight we're going to have uh, a prayer prayer night. We're going to pray for our youth camp. We're going we're gonna to wait on God and just seek the face of God. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. That's going to be tonight. So after our service, about 30 minutes after, we're going to pray. Um, by the way, camp is less than two weeks away. I was like, man, that is so fast. Less than two weeks away. I'm excited. I don't know if you guys are excited. I'm excited. And, um, but you know what? Tonight, uh, no, not tonight. This Sunday is the deadline to sign up. All right, this Sunday is the deadline. So if you're not signed up, if you're one of the few that are not signed up, you need to go to the back after service is over, go to the back, go to the registration, and sign up, all right, before it's too late, okay? You guys, you guys, you guys follow me, yes? Um, and next week, we don't have youth service. We're going to have a church camp at Zoya's property. Could I, could I get a show of hands? Who's planning to be there for, for the church camp? Just so that we could see. Okay. It's going to be a really cool time. It's, I know it's, uh, uh, we haven't done that in a long time, but uh, it's going to be amazing. All right? Okay, so we're going to get right into tonight, into our, uh, into our panel. So we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Noah Ksusha, Asia and Alex, and we're going to have me and Albina, uh, we're going to be talking. So if you guys could come up, I'm just going to give a little bit, uh, a short explanation um, of, uh, of what we're going to do while they come up. So um, sure, yes, you can clap for them. <laughs> I asked Danik to come up there. <laughs> Uh, but so uh, what we had, we had this, I had this idea uh, to, you know, I was like, I don't know, I I really wanted to do this for a long time, but I wanted to do a Q and A panel where we're going to have a time of anonymous questions. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to have questions that are going to be planned uh, that we, you know, just important questions that we're going to talk about. We're also going to have questions that, um, that you guys are going to ask, but we don't know who's going to ask it. Uh, the reason is, the reason why I really wanted to do it that way, because I know a lot of people have questions that they want to ask, but they don't feel comfortable asking, right? And, um, and it's those weird questions that you want to ask that, uh, well, let me say that again, not weird, okay, good questions, but uh, we don't need weird questions. Uh, but those questions that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable that you don't want to ask, but those are the things that bug us. 
Uh, so I really wanted to have an opportunity where, where everybody here can text this question in. Uh, is, Marsha, could you put up that number? So you're going to text that number. Okay, when you text that number, uh, you're, it's going to come to an app. Uh, my, my, this app is not connected to my contacts. So I don't know who this is. All right, so, so this was really done just so that you guys could feel, you know, freedom to just say, what, ask whatever you want. So again, I'm going to only answer, we're going to only raise up those questions that are actual questions, not like, who am I supposed to get married to, right? Like, we're not going to answer those questions. We're going to answer good questions. Uh, so during the, during the panel, uh, while we're going to be speaking, if you guys could just text it in. Uh, during that time, you don't have to do it right now, but we're going to talk for, I don't know, maybe half an hour, and then we're going to answer you guys' questions. We'll see how it goes, all right? So depending on time, if, if, our, if we take a little bit longer, we might have less time, uh, so we'll try to fit it all in as much as possible, all right? Does that sound good? Okay. All right, I'm sitting here. All right. This is this is good. Can you guys see us okay? Are the lights good? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna start with the first question. Alex and I are gonna answer it. How did you know it was the right time for marriage? Testing. You wanna go first? <laughs> Ladies first. Oh, okay. You know, I was thinking about this question, and I was thinking back, like, what did I have in my head? You know, when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, did I feel like I was ready to get married? And I think when I was, like, in high school, middle school, you start thinking about, oh, I'm going to have a future, there's going to be, like, relationships, and I'm... I used to, in that point in my life, I used to watch a lot of movies and read a lot of like romantic novels. So that really influenced my thinking. And I was, and I thought, oh, when I like meet a guy, maybe he's like he has feelings for me. And so I had a lot of like thoughts in my head. But as God was leading me into more maturity and walking with Him, I realized that um, what prepared me for marriage was trusting God. And I stopped like trying to look at. Um, the world and situations expecting like okay this like relationship is gonna like come my way instead I started thinking well God provides everything for me like Dennis read in Ephesians 1 God provides my salvation God provides enough for me that I don't need to be worried all the time um, how to be prepared like what do I need to do to get married Um, I started trusting in God and saying, God, prepare my character. God, prepare me. And then when you trust him, you don't have that worry. And um, that's the biggest thing that said was like prepared me for marriage was trusting in God and trusting that everything is in his hands. Um, I don't have that many details, but um, I came to a point where, you know, it was trying to say this as, as short as possible. Um, I understood that there was a moment in my life where I didn't want to even think about marriage and I was serving God. But there came a point in my life where I realized that um, God was leading me to have that, the companion of life, the, the companion that he designed for me. And 
in regards to just going through life with someone by your side and uh, in a spiritual sense. And when I understood that God was, you know, as much as I said, okay, maybe I'm be a missionary, go somewhere to Africa for the rest of my life. You know, it was like, it was a great moment of thinking. But then reality settled in and God just kind of spoke to me that, you know, he wants to use me here and he has a companion for me, has a, has a wife for me uh, to walk this life following after him. Um, and so it was once I understood that, once I felt that on my heart, it was, it was much easier to come to terms with and just and accept it from God. All right. Uh, next question. How did you know it was the one? So Albin and I are going to answer that one. How did we know, how did, maybe how did you know that I was the one? No, <laughs> obviously, you know, the, the moment you saw me, you were just taken away, just swept off your feet, just from first glance, yeah. right? That just, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right? Isn't that how it happened? Okay, tell them how it really happened. So from my side, I personally didn't want to get married. If any of you, maybe some of you know, I was one of those people that I didn't want to get married at all. Actually, some people even asked me if Dennis is my potential person. And I'm like, no, no, I don't like him. I did not like him at all. But there came a moment when I was praying and I, w I was seeking God. I was very close to God. And God knew my heart. And I was asking God, have your will in my life. I want everything you have for my, for my life. And I heard him clearly say to me, then why are you limiting me? You're putting a limit on what I want to do in your life by saying that I don't want to get married. Because when I was praying, God, I want to fulfill my calling that you have for me. He said, well, what if my calling is for you to be a wife? What if my calling is for you to be a mother and to serve your husband? What if that's your calling? To me, honestly, I could not accept that at first. It took me a while to actually, for it to sink in because that was such a shock that I heard that from God. And I honestly, I asked God to give me a confirmation one, like a couple more times that, so I know for sure that maybe I made that up, but I couldn't have made that up. And then miraculously somehow, I didn't really have feelings for anyone else and God gave me feelings for you. <laughs> so. That's, that's sweet. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, how did I know that Albina was the one? That was a very, you know, one, that's probably one of my biggest questions that I had. You know, how are you going to know? Um, and I have a lot of, there's so many stories that I could share. I, we don't have time for that. But um, one of the things, okay, so it, it started with this. It started with one night after youth. I came home after youth service, and uh, I was going to sleep. And I felt like God told me, Albina's going to be your wife. Like, I, I, I thought I heard that inside. And I was like, because we didn't really talk, we didn't really know each other that well, and I was like, eh, whatever, kind of just ignored it, you know, went, went to sleep. Next day, we went to river rafting, if you guys remember. Um, you guys remember when we went to river rafting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, that's when it started, okay. <laughs> uh, so we went to river rafting, and we picked... Albina up with, with Katie, because Katie's like, uh, hey, let's go pick up Albina. She, she doesn't want to take her car. I was like, okay, fine. And, and I was kind of like, you know, still, you know, whatever at this point. 
And then, um, and so we pick her up, and then she comes with us to the to the actual place. She was in our car. We were driving. It was me, Josh, Katie, and and Albina. And and I was like, okay, that's interesting. She's 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 in our car. All right. Uh, and 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 so we kind of, after that, we were hanging. We kind of started talking more and more and more. Kids camp came, and then at kids camp, for some reason, we talked a lot at kids camp. And I was like, man, something is happening. Like I don't know what it is. This is very interesting. So I wasn't, uh, I was very cautious, you know, I wasn't going to be like, oh, that, she has to be the one. I was very cautious. So after that, um, we're kind of, we started talking more. We were, you know, just, you know, seeing each other after youth or something. We would talk more. Uh, and then uh, we went to youth camp. At youth camp, we didn't really see each other. We were both busy. So I was like, okay, whatever. We'll just, you know, we, we, we weren't really talking. After youth camp, I come back, come to work. And at work, I have this just rush of emotion. And I'm like, just this rush of emotion, like I need to propose to her. Like I don't even know where this, where this feeling came from. I was like, what in the world, what, what is this feeling? Like, like I couldn't work. I was about to just leave and go home because I was like, what am I supposed to do right now? Am I supposed to propose? Or like, I don't know. I was so, I was so unsure of what to do with this, this feeling that I got. And so I was like, oh, man, I, you know, just that week was horrible at work. We went to, that, the, that week, I went to um, San Diego with Dima and Allah. So it always happens there. <laughs> and so at, at there, I talked to Dima, and I'm like, Dima, what do I do with all these feelings? Like, I have, I have feelings for somebody. What am I supposed to do with this? I, I'm not sure if it's God or not. He's like, you know, just kind of just pray about it. Just, you know, don't talk to her very much which I, you know, didn't really do well at. I ended up talking a lot to her after. Uh, but you know, he's like, just pray about it for the next couple months. So that's what I did. And um, long story short, I prayed about it. Uh, I talked with, uh, with my leaders. I talked with authority. Uh, and it was a green light. And I'm like, you know what? This has to be God. So that's how I knew she was the one. Uh, next question. What is the right thing to do when you like someone, but you're not ready to get married yet? This is going to be kind of a two-part question. What is the right thing to do when you like someone, but you're not ready to get married? How to stay pure in our fellowship when guys and girls are all together? No one's too sure. The first part, what is the right thing to do when you like someone, but you're not ready to get married? Go on vacation with the youth pastor and his wife. (laughs) We have so many witnesses. It's not even funny. There's one laughing on the front row right now. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, it's like it knocks some sense into you. So I feel like a lot of people are going to go on vacation with Dennis and they'll be in the now. (laughs) Did Zuma not tell you that was part of the the package? Okay. What is the right thing to do when you like someone but you're not ready to get married yet? Well... I feel like for the gals, it's a lot easier. Let me explain why. Because you like someone or you don't like someone, it doesn't matter. You can't do anything, right? You can't go propose to a guy. You, you can. You just, it's something you keep in yourself and you have to deal with yourself, right? Amen. Amen? <laughs> amen. She said amen. Amen. Okay. Now, for guys, it's a little bit different. The first question is always when you're like, whoa, somebody got my attention. Am I ready to get married right now? That's the first question. And then that question kind of evolves into like 20 other different questions where you start like examining yourself every part of your life. It's like, 
Am I actually ready? Do I have a steady job? Am I, am I right spiritually? How's my relationship with God? How's my Bible reading? How are all these things? How am I in ministry? How dedicated am I to ministry? Have I thought about the fact that I'm going to have to balance ministry with family life? And, and am I ready to have kids right now or within two, three, five years, whenever? And you have to start asking. If, if the answer to any of these questions is no, that means it's not the right time. So for you guys, it's easy. You just kind of, and at the same time, though, Who's clapping? Who was clapping? I like whoever was clapping. It was a good time to clap. And then the second part is how to stay pure in our fellowship. Now, I'll, 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 I'll let you go too. Don't worry. So it's, and it, it, it's tough when you, you know, when you have some kind of emotions for somebody and then we're always in church together. We're always in ministry. We're in the same ministries. With her, we were on the worship team and, and we were in kids' church and the skits and then the videos. And we were golden generation. Yeah. We're golden, all right. Anyways, the golden generation was really tough because it was just us and then a whole bunch of old people. That was tough. Anyway, and it's hard because you're constantly by this person. And so you get to the point where, you, where every, it's, it's, I remember I, I, I told Dima this one time, but I felt like every single time I was coming to a worship team practice or something, it's like I'm going to war. And I don't know how else to explain. It's like I'm going to war with my emotions, with my thoughts, with my mind, every single time. Because I'm going to worship team practice, I'm like, and I know she's going to be playing piano there. And I'm like, and it's not the right time right now. And I don't even know if it's the right person because it's not the right time right now. So it's not the time for me to decide who the right person is or for God to tell me who the right person is. Because it's not the right time. Because everything has to happen in the right time and right season. So in, in, in fellowship, you know, there's a place in Timothy where where he talks about how we need to treat people. We need to treat, uh, he's talking to men. He's, you know, he says, don't rebuke an older man, but treat him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. That's how, that's how we're supposed to treat people. Not just one person that, that you know, caught our attention, but everyone. Everyone. And, and when we're together, when we're hanging out, that's, those are the moments where you're like, you are a sister to me right now, and that's it. Same as her and her and her. And, and, and you have to kind of, you know, go through that inner, inner, inner battle, and I'll let you go because you're probably going to talk. Um, I would say the right thing to do when you like someone but you're not ready to get married yet. Um, so for girls, I would say um, you really have to surrender your feelings to God um, because you don't know when that... You know, you have to wait for the guy to propose. And especially if you're, you know, under 18, I would say under 19, under 20, you know, don't think about marriage at all. You know, it's not okay to get married at 16, 17. It happens, but it's, it's not. It's an exception. And even getting married at 18, I would say, is an exception. Uh, usually it's a little too young. I was not ready to get married at 18. Nope. Um, and so for girls, is surrender the feelings to God. And that means daily coming... Uh, coming to God in prayer and saying, God, you take my heart, you take my feelings, and give me a new mind. It's constantly praying for your mind and for your thoughts. For girls, we can like, he looked at me, and da -da -da -da, and in your mind, you have grandkids. Like, you went that far. Like, seriously. And so it's really having um, control over your mind. It's really surrendering your mind to Jesus, surrendering your mind to Christ every day. And also, it was one thought that kind of gave me a fear of, fear of the Lord when I was single is, you know, what if the guy that I like or I kind of have feelings for or whatever 
you know, ends up me proposing to my best friend. You know, what am I going to do? She's like, be my maid of honor. And I'm like dying inside, you know. It's the scariest <laughs> thought. So just guard your heart. You know, Bible tells us to guard your heart. And it's easy to fall in like with someone just because you like the way they dress or their shoes or you're always, you're always around or you laugh and make jokes, ha, ha, ha. And it's easy to kind of fall into that pattern. But for girl, I would say just guard your mind, guard your heart. And every single day, as I said, it's, it's a battle. And so um, the second thing, how to stay pure in fellowship, I would say do not flirt. And it's so easy to, how do you say this in English, like Glasky stories? <laughs> you know, to give, I don't know. Yeah, it's some kind of like, you know, girls, girls know how to get that guy's attention. You, there's a certain way you can smile. There's a certain way you can look at him. You know, there's a certain way you, you can, you know, give him a compliment. And he's like, you know, what? Like, don't give guys compliments. <laughs> you know, save those for your husband, please. And um, yeah, don't flirt. Like, be, be Joseph. Run away from flirtation and sin. Be pure. All right. Uh, can I, I'm just going to throw in a question that was asked. Uh, this is our first live Q&A question. So uh, one of the questions is, what if nobody likes you at church? What if nobody likes you at church? It, it, you know what? This is a question. I mean, come on. What if nobody likes you at church? What, what do you guys think? I would say what Asya said about trusting God, well, especially for girls, for guys. I mean, I know I'm not a guy, but for girls, as we have many examples of, of, of women now married, even like in the Marina, Valle, different ones, is that God would provide a husband for them, okay? And he, a godly man would come. So you just wait, you hold him tight, and, and don't seek that. What if God doesn't want you to get married ever? And you have to consider that. That's a very serious question. You know, we've been looking at people in, in the Christian world, Misty Edwards, decided to dedicate her life to God, and she's still single. She, I don't know, she's older. So, you know, don't seek relationships. Seek Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right, and I'm, actually this question goes right off of that. It says, what if you, what, to, what do you do if you have feelings for someone, but they don't like you back? Uh, and Albina and I are going to answer that one. Uh, what, what do you do if you have feelings for someone, but they don't like you back? Could you... You can go first. Sure. I've had experience with that when I had feelings for someone and I knew they don't like me back and it's not the right time for me to get married. And, you know, I talked to one of the leaders about that because I really struggled. It really distracted me from serving God. And one thing I really noticed is that it was a tactic of, of the devil to take my mind and to distract me from what he actually from from what God wants me to do, and at that moment, I remember I was I, honestly I prayed and prayed and prayed really hard. That scripture from Corinthians to say I give I take captive every thought in surrendering to Jesus and to obedience to Jesus Christ. I prayed and prayed and prayed that over, and I asked God to take away these feelings if they weren't from him. And he did. He helped me to fight over these feelings, and I knew that right now is my time to, to serve God. I want to dedicate my life to God. Yes, I have these feelings, but they were just a distraction in this moment. So. Uh, you know, I want to go off of that and say, 
Uh, just sometimes when you pray and say, God, take away these feelings, and you're like, oh, God didn't take them away. They're obviously from God. Uh, <laughs> I want to I wanna say that that's really, that's far from truth. A lot of times uh, the, the feelings that we have for other people are not necessarily God. A lot of times they come from within. They come from our own desires and our own heart leads us astray. Uh, so just because you think, well, I have feelings for somebody, that must be God. Probably it's not. And, uh, you know, it, it depends also who we're talking about. Are we talking about someone that's 16 years old? Well, you're obviously not ready to get married, so it doesn't really matter. So just, you know, put the feelings away and you're still a eunuch in the house of God. But if, if you are ready to get married and you do have feelings for somebody and you're not sensing that same uh, response from them, you know, that might just be a sign that it's not God. Uh, and, and because a lot of times God will will lead you to the right person. He'll open up every door. Uh, and, and I think we've seen that. Everybody that has gotten married has seen that. It's an open door. But when you're feeling like it's just closed, you're not getting anywhere, it's just like you're, in this, you're trying to start something. Like marriage is not something that you try to start. It's something that God gives you, right? It's something that you enter. It, it's not something that you force. It's something that you receive from God. And your, your wife or your husband will not, you know, you can't, say, well, I have, to, I have to hold them, right? I have to, like, I, I, you know, it's like I have to chase them down and get them. No, it's going to come to you. And if, it's, and, and if it doesn't come to you, then it's not yours. Then don't worry about it. Uh, and, you know, once you understand somebody is not from God, that, you, you know what, you just need to say, I, I need to just forget about this person. This person is not from God, so obviously this is not mine. And just, you know what, yeah, sometimes the feelings are there and you have, to, you have to deal with that. But that's what you have to do in that situation. Uh, don't let your feelings control you, okay? So, you know, there's, people can get a crush. People can get, um, people can get these things, these desires. This, it's kind of this fantasy relationship. And they're like, man, I'm going to have something. And they, admit, they tell themselves in their mind, yeah, one day I'll get married to them. One day this and this will happen. But it's not from God. Don't, don't force it. Like you shouldn't force a relationship. It should come from God by, by, the, by the Spirit. Uh, so the next question is, did you dedicate time in your life when you didn't even think about getting married? And Alex and I, if you guys could answer that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a moment in my life where I um, understood that uh, I would not seek marriage. I would not you know, make it a goal. Um, biggest thing is when I gave my, my heart to God, I understood that, you know, his will was more important to me uh, than marriage at that time. And I said, God, I want to dedicate my time, my effort, my everything. I want to get into ministry. I want to serve. I want to, you know, get involved with whatever you want me to get involved with. And honestly, when you come, you know, I came to the Lord, um, uh, I was about six years ago or so. So I was fairly, a fairly new Christian at that moment. And honestly, the desire for marriage wasn't even there. Uh, just when you, when you come to the Lord, you understand that, that fire that burns inside of you, you want to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get into marriage just based off emotions. You want to, it's kind of trial and error. You, you know, you, you walk with, with God. And at that moment I said, okay, God, I'm just going to seek you. Um, of course, you know, there was time where, you know, you'd think about marriage where, you know, my younger brother got married or my friends were starting to get married, but I, it didn't sway me. I understood that, okay, these next couple of years, I'm not getting married. I, um, 
I, I don't, God just put it on my heart. It's, again, it's different for everybody. It's a different circumstance, but I think it's very important to dedicate that time in your, to have that dedicated time where you're seeking God first. Again, it's his, him over anything else first. Yeah, I, w- I want to add, just because all your friends get married, that does not mean it's your time to get married. <laughs> Amen. I, I could say that from personal experience. <laughs> and all Dennis's friends who got married said, Amen. I'll just briefly say that I didn't really think of it in terms of time frames until there was a point where Adima talked to everyone who was a leader in youth ministry and he asked us if we wanted to make that decision. So he asked me, would you want to set aside a time where you don't think about marriage? And I think I was like around 21 or 22. So I said, okay, well, I'll take a year. And so um, for me, it really wasn't about timing. It was more about just trusting God and focusing on him. And um, like literally, I think a month before Alex proposed to me, I told Katie, like, oh, I'll probably be three more years <laughs> before I get married. So. All right. That's a, that's a nice surprise. Um, okay, knowing Susha, one piece of advice that you wish someone gave you before you're getting... Well, the question is when, when getting married or before getting married or just one piece of advice. Uh, I wish, and this is not even necessarily something somebody could have said, but it was something we should have thought about more, but is about finances. It's about sitting down and thinking about your finances, planning out your financing, finances, have, having a plan, figuring it out. You know, I have a job, you have a job. How much do we make? What can we afford? What kind of place can we actually live in? What kind of cars can we actually drive? Like, figuring all that out because I wasn't, personally, I wasn't raised in a house where I was taught that. I'm, I had to learn that after getting married. And we're still fixing all those issues. But it's okay, we're almost there. But, you know, even, even something as, as, as common sense as, hey, if you can't afford it, but you have a credit card, it doesn't mean you can suddenly afford it. That's, that's something, you know, I wasn't taught growing up. That's something I had to learn on my own. That's probably the biggest thing is because that can take a big toll on you and a big toll on, on the marriage. It's, I think it's actually the number one reason divorces happen is because of finances. So that's, that's something I, I wish we, we would have kind of thought about more, heard about. Yeah, I, I think I said this last week, but... I said one costs a thousand, two costs ten thousand. You know, when when it, it, you're just because you can live off of off of five costs millions, <laughs> you would know. Uh, just because you live, you know, with mom or whatever, you live with your parents at home, and you're you're only spending a certain amount of money. You know, now you got to pay for everything, right? And now it's like, okay, all of a sudden it's not just times two. Like my salary plus your salary equals, okay, we can make it. Now it's, well, I got to pay for everything. And there's all these things that you don't even see coming. Uh, so, yeah, money, money is definitely a very important thing. So, guys, you got to work hard. Amen. Okay. I wanted to add another thing is um, one thing that I wish someone would accept me if I can go back five years and someone would sit, sit me down and tell me, is um, you have to get ready for when you're standing on the altar and you're promising, I'm going to love you forever, you know. And when we look at um, 
1 Corinthians 13 and what it says about real love. You know, until the moment when you're going through weeks, months, years of marriage, you don't love that person. You like that person. When you get married, I feel like you just really like that person. You're really attracted to the person. You know, you, you can see yourself living your life with that person and have a future. But love is something that is so is just tested. And I wish someone would sit me down and say, hey, um, are you ready to you know, love your husband when he's going through a really hard time? And I just want to just um, say, like, you know, don't think of love as something pink roses. Like, get really ready for uh, a lot of hard work and um, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of dying to yourself. And that's what marriage is. So it's not something that's just fluffy pink and lots of roses and chocolate. It's, it's really a lot of hard work. So, you know, as you're thinking ahead, and just think about, you know, there's going to be a moment where, you know, either a person's going to be really sick or um, we're going to go through something really difficult. Maybe you're going to go through a death in the family. I mean, maybe that person will pass away. Um, you know, maybe he, will, he or she will really disappoint you. And they will disappoint you. They will fall. So just um, one number one thing is you have to love God more than that person or your marriage will fail. And that's the one thing. Just love Jesus. Love God more. Don't set that person as what you think about when you wake up in the morning. That should be Jesus. That should always be him. When you're engaged, when you're married, whatever. And that's what's going to keep your marriage going. Amen. Um, next question. This is for, the, for Alex and I are going to answer this one. Who did you talk to before you proposed? Leaders, parents, friends. Who did you talk to before you proposed? Um, you want to? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, so who did I talk to before I proposed? I, for me, marriage was such an important thing that I was like, okay, I need to run it by some smart people. Because honestly, when we're young, we, we really don't know what we want, honestly. Uh, because a lot of times we think, oh, I need this in my life. Or, or when you're 16, you're like, oh, this is going to be the perfect person. Then when, you, when you're like 26, you're like, what was I even thinking? You know, like when I was 16, when I thought was, was, was good for me, today I would laugh at that idea. It just, it's not, it's, you know, I wouldn't even consider it. So it, it, we need to run things by people. I think that's very important that we need to run things by authority. We need to run things by leaders, by parents. Uh, one of the, so I, 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 I asked Gima, I asked my dad, and I asked Pastor, and I said, do, you, do I have your approval? Uh, and because that was very important for me. I needed to know what they thought because they were, they were leading me, they were helping me in my spiritual walk. Uh, and then another person that I asked was uh, Albina's mom. And I asked her, is it okay if I take your daughter out on a date? I have to ask her a very important question. Uh, and, and she understood, and she said, yes, I have your approval. Uh, or I, you, ha you have my approval, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and so, uh, you know, one of the things, guys, I'm going to tell, you know, guys, I want to really uh, stress this, is that maybe we don't hear, the, hear this that much, but I think it's very important. Guys, before you ask to marry someone, before you ask for, for uh, you know, to marry a girl, you talk with her parents, talk with her dad, you know, if her dad is alive, talk to her dad, um, if, if not, if the, if the dad's not there, talk with the mom, ask her, you know, guys, I would, here's a piece of advice, 
take the dad out for lunch. Okay, have lunch with him and talk with him. Why? Because this is going to show that you're serious. This is going to show, what's that? Red lobster? Steak or lobster. Very good idea. All right. It, why? Because uh, that shows that you are not hiding anything. It shows that you are serious about your intentions, that you're, that you're a man of your word, that you are not hiding. And guess what, guys? Your, your parents-in-law are going to respect you that much more because you had the guts to talk with the parents to show that you're, you're, not, just, you're not just there to fool around. You're, you're serious and, and you respect the parents enough that, hey, they're the ones that raised you know, your future wife, hopefully, right? They're the ones that raised her. You better ask them if you're going to spend the rest of, of your life with her. Uh, so that's a very uh, important thing. You, you know, ask the parents, ask the dad, uh, you know, get his approval, get his, even if he's not saved, even if he's not born again, all right, because the parent's blessing is very important. Whether they're Christian or not Christian, it's still the parent, you know, we, and, and guys, you got to get uh, the approval of the parents. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, we want to find out if they like steak or lobster because, like, if it's like me or like a meal, we don't. We're not big fans of steak and lobster, so we need we need chicken. But um, yeah, no, I agree on a serious note that it's very, very important. Um, just because in your mind you might think, or within yourself you might think it's the right thing or the right person, you know, you, I think it's almost like a you. It's a standard you have to ask. Um, First and foremost, your pastors, and that's exactly what I did. I, I asked Dima, I went to our pastor, I talked to my parents, um, and then I tried to ask, I says, Mom, but we, we literally talked for two hours, and I left, and the next day I'm like, wait, I never asked her <laughs> about marrying Isa. So that was like, and I called her up, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all good, I already knew what you were going to ask. So that was the one thing I remember, I was like, how did I miss it? That's crazy. But, you know, I mean, I we got out of talking a lot. But, uh, yeah, it's absolute, absolutely important uh, to get the approval from everyone. And it, it just like, it, it's, like a, it's like an exam. I mean, these people see you from the side. They see your heart. They see the other person's heart. And they can kind of lead you. Maybe it's, maybe they'll, or they'll say, hey, maybe right now is not the moment. They can advise you, not just maybe agree with you. But they can, they can advise you and say, hey, um, maybe this is from God, but, you know, are you ready? Um, are you, how, how's it spiritually? How's it maybe with finances? I think just to have those people there, they're there for a reason. You know, the past, pastors, leaders, parents, uh, they're there for a reason. They're, I don't think parents want to put someone down and tell them, make bad, you know, give them bad advice. They, they, they're excited, they're happy for you, but I think it's, it's that final confirmation with them. Yes. All right, let's, uh, if we can, okay, this one's to the girls. If you girls could keep this one short, we're kind of, we're kind of low on time, but, because uh, we have a ton of questions, I don't know how many we're going to get to, probably not, not most of them, but, okay, girls, what went on in your mind when you were proposed to? Somebody I'll go first. <clears throat> okay, I'll, I'll keep this short. So I spent such a long time, like, fighting my feelings and, like, pushing them to the side, and when he showed up at my door and proposed, I was just in shock. And it was a Wednesday after kids camp. And um, so like, I was just in pure shock. I, just, I did not have an answer for him. I told him I need time. And I sent him away. 
and I had and he gave me two days. But um, honestly, after he left, I just fell on the floor and I just cried before God and I just God, like, what is it? Is this like a green light to have feelings now? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just, I didn't have an answer. I went to Dima and then Dima's like, you have to seek an answer from God. I was like, thank you, it didn't help. And so, and honestly, I would say, uh, I just spent a lot of time in prayer. I had, the, I read the whole book of Romans. Then God just gave me the supernatural peace. So, yeah. Tell them how you felt when I proposed to you at a Starbucks with a Cinderella, Cinderella ring from Party City. <laughs> I didn't want to go into like a long story, but I want to say, yes, there was shock. But one thing that I felt for girls is I felt very comfortable with Alex. And I say, and I'll say that's what you'll feel with the person like Dennis said, it will be an open door from God for marriage. You'll feel like you're not com you're comfortable to talk about hard things. You're co you're comfortable to raise up hard questions. You're comfortable to share something that's very personal to to yourself. I, I think when when Dennis proposed to me, I was like, finally, <laughs> because I knew, like I mentioned previously, I knew God already told me that this is the right person. So. When he, he proposed, I, I, I was just sitting there, I'm like, yeah, finally. <laughs> so, yeah, brief. How much time passed from when you knew and then when he proposed? Like, I want to say good three, four months. What? Three, four months. He took two months to pray about it, remember? Yeah. There's two other months. You got to think about those two months. Okay, uh, last question that we have prepared, and then we'll move on to the live Q&A. Okay, what kind of boundaries did you set while engaged, Noah? You want to answer this one? Yeah, I think um, I'll let you, you do the whole, like, you know, you can't do this. Another boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to know what you did, okay? That's one actually really important thing, and I don't know if you can consider it a boundary, but I think it is, is, is to... You pretty much the time of engagement is it's open and, and they can ask any question they want. So it's not just like, you know, okay, we didn't hold hands. Well, we made a rule that we can't hold hands and then we broke that rule and then we had to talk to Dimanal and then we made that rule again. But so there's like, yeah, there's stuff like that. But the thing is to be completely open with the other person completely open like every aspect of your life every part of your life is like an open book at that point because it's like at that point it's technically not a done deal yet and Zima always said he's like if 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 it's not like don't be afraid to to cut it off right there because you didn't get married yet after you get married it's too late you can't cut it's it for off for life then it's it's for life exactly so that's your time to just ask as many questions as you want figure out every single part of of of, of their life um, you know, I would definitely agree. Uh, the boundaries, I believe, are supposed to be set by the guy. The man is supposed to set the boundaries, not girls. Girls don't set boundaries. Guys set boundaries. Because if a guy, girls, if a guy doesn't set boundaries, then don't even consider him. You know, it, it, honestly, if, if a guy doesn't have boundaries, if he doesn't have limits, if he doesn't have like, okay, we're, gonna, we're not going to do this, and this is, this is the rule that I set, and I'm going to follow it. If he's, not a man, if he's not man enough to do that, then, you know, don't even consider that. Because 
you know, guys, uh, we have a tendency to, to go, you know, to do things that are not necessarily, you know, because our feelings get, get, you know, our feelings get worked up. Uh, and, and it is very important to have boundaries, to have, you know, this is, this is the limit. For us, we, were, we, we set a time or we, we had this rule that we could hold hands. That was our limit. We said, okay, we're going to hold hands, and that's it. We didn't hug. We didn't kiss. Of course, we didn't kiss. Um, and, and that was our limit, and we could not pass that. Uh, and, 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 you know, we, we talked, of course, I talked with Dima, and I said, you know, Dima, I feel like this is in my heart. It's okay for us to hold hands. He said, okay, if you feel like that's okay, then, you know, then go for that. Then do that. Um, but for every person is different. No one, they, they didn't hold hands. That was what they felt. Uh, and, and we need to have boundaries because especially when you're going to be alone, uh, and that's, another, that's a whole other thing, is when you're going to be alone together, uh, you're, you better have boundaries on being alone as far as like not being alone, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> you know, where, where you're not alone. To, like when, whenever we were, we were, we were never alone uh, in, 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 you know, at, at one of our, you know, at, at our house by ourselves, just us two. We were never alone. We always had other people there. Uh, and it's, it becomes very dangerous when you're just by yourself, just you two, right? And, and, and like, you, you know, you go out, let's say you're engaged, you go out, you go for coffee or something, you're at Starbucks. You're not alone. You have lots of people around you, right? You know, you don't go alone to the woods, you know, just you two. You have to have a boundary. Like, you don't do that. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, one of the most important times is when you're in the car together, we would pray before we would go somewhere, we would pray and we would be like, okay, Holy Spirit, lead us, bless this, you know, this date that we're going to have tonight, you know, let us draw closer together. And that's what we would do because we, I did not want anything wrong to happen because so many times people are like, oh, we're engaged. We're going to get married. We might as well, you know, go for it. We might as well go all the way. And, and that is marriages that have been uh, uh, that have been built like that have had destruction later on. They've they've had consequences. We've seen you know we've heard of many stories where people are you know the guy and the girl want a divorce 16 years later because something's not right and they don't know what to do, and and that becomes a serious problem. And one more thing, we set a, a curfew too, like after a date, like this is the curfew and then you're going home and that's it. And there was a time I had to drop her off and kick her out of the car because we were going past the curfew and it's like not not good you know you can feel like yeah it's, it's all right <clears throat> how, how are you guys doing is it uh you guys good yeah, yeah? okay we have so we're on to our live q a so honest obviously we're not going to get to everything i'm you know i do apologize there's not enough time for that i don't know if we wanted to do it like next Next youth service, I don't know, but um, we'll decide. Let's, let's get to some, okay? We'll see how, we'll see by your guys' reaction. Okay, so uh, when did the honeymoon phase, phase fade away, and how did you deal with adjusting to one another? Can, uh, let's just have one person answer. Who wants to answer that one? One, one, one person. When did the honeymoon phase fade away, and how did you deal with adjusting to one another? Our honeymoon phase uh, ended after one year of marriage. So honestly, first year was just, just flew by. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty easy. We didn't really fight, argue. We had like little tensions, but honestly, it was like super easy. And then a year after our marriage is when Becky was born. 
So I don't know if it ended because we had kids or it ended because, I think it was because when you have kids, it just throws a lot more into your life. And um, what was the second? How did you deal, how do we deal with it? It's hard, I don't know. Just into another. I think the key is communication. Like once you feel some tension and you feel like, whoa, what's wrong? Da, da, da. Like I'm not, or like I'm not in love or whatever. You, you need to talk, you need to, you know, you need to talk, mm -hmm. you need to communicate. That's when your character comes out and it's like, okay, now this is who you really are once the feelings are over. Uh, and at that point, humility, humility, humility. And, and before marriage, it's like, man, this person's just so great and you don't see anything wrong with them. And then once this honeymoon period ends, you're like, I don't see anything right in them. Uh, but, but no. okay, that's not, not between us, obviously. No. Our, our honeymoon phase never ended, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, like, like, like you said, when there's tension, there, there is tension. You have to, you know, we would stay up late. Like, we would stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning if we feel tension. And like, I got to get up in a couple hours. And I'm like, no, we're not going to sleep until we get this thing resolved. And uh, there's, there's got to be communication. There's got to be humility. There's got to be all, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, how do you balance ministries and family life? Somebody want to answer that one? I'll try to be brief. Um, I think there is a good um, balance when um, you, you set what's more important first. Like in our family, we have um, God first, family, and then ministry. So let's say recently there was a situation where I was really, really sick, but Dennis had group that night, and I was just like, I am really sick. I can't handle my son right now. I really need help. And I see that he sacrificed and he canceled his group and he came and he helped me. You know, so things like that, you just, you have to talk to um, your other person, to your husband or wife and be like, hey, God is first, then it's family, then it's ministry. At least that's how it is for us. And that balance has been working out great. Even now, Dennis has gone more often. He prays more often, and I don't see him as much. But I know that there's a, it's rewarding in the end. You know, when we do see each other, it's, it's really rewarding. So I think that's a good balance to have. All right. Uh, this one is a very tricky one, uh, but I, a, lot, a lot have asked similar questions. It's, is it okay to date when you have marriage in sight, courtship, courtship question mark? So is it okay to, to date when you have marriage in sight and courtship question mark? Uh, so there is a difference between dating and courtship. Uh, and, and courtship is something that we, uh, that we are for. Dating is not. What, we, we need to define dating. Dating is you have no marriage in sight. You're not. It's not like, well, we don't know when we're going to get married. We, you know, we're just kind of having fun. And hopefully this ends, up, up, ends, up, ends in marriage. Uh, courtship is when you already have it and you're, you're coming into the relationship with knowledge that we, this is for marriage. I have already received revelation. I've talked to my leader. I've talked to, uh, I've talked to people around me that are wise, that, that are going to tell that are going to direct me exactly what, you know, what needs to happen from here on out. Uh, and every situation is going to be different. I think when we, you know, when we, uh, when these things come around, I would just say the, 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 the advice that I would give is that keep it in the light. 
you know, and, and that's, that's the whole thing with dating is it's shady, it's dark, it's nobody can know about it, right? Like it's just between us and we're against the world, everyone's against us. Nobody understands the chemistry that we have or the feelings that we have. That's dangerous ground because now you're saying, well, you know, now our relationship is starting in, a, in darkness and whatever starts in darkness is not going to end in, in a good thing. Um, so I would definitely say keep it in the light. You know, if you, if you want to, if you want to propose, you say, okay, this, this is someone that I want to get married to. Talk to a leader. Talk to somebody that, that you know is close to God that, that, that can lead you spiritually. And then, you know, every case will, will, will be, you know, decided uh, based on how the Holy Spirit leads. I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything to that. All right. Uh, should you have feelings, special feelings, interest? Should you only get it from God or naturally? Okay, so I guess this is talking about do you have feelings? Should you have special feelings for, for someone or should it come from God or does it come naturally or how, does, how do can, your feelings come? I can answer that one. Mm -hmm. um, I would say it comes naturally and I can give an example like for myself. I personally didn't have like Alex in a special light and have special feelings for him before he proposed to me. But when he did, I realized um, that I, when I um, started to get to know him and I saw that was God's hand for like an open door for marriage, I actually saw that a lot of qualities that I liked in general in other people and that I liked in other families, I saw in him. So it was natural. God put a person in my life who already had qualities that I liked. So it will be natural. Like, um, you might have emotions come and go, but God puts a person with you that you, are, that you like, that is a friend and not just an emotional attachment. It's a person you spend time with every day and is natural. All right. Um... This is a good one. What if you ask the parents for approval, but they don't approve? So what if you want to get married to somebody, you come up to the dad, and you're like, can I get married to your daughter? And they say, no. What do you do? No, can you answer that one? I, I think you're a good candidate for that. I mean. I know that was an easy one. That was just it a, kind of, I guess. It, I didn't ask her dad. I didn't even know where he was. It's like... Okay, but hypothetically, you know, what if someone does ask the parents and the parents sure. do not approve and they say no? So there's always kind of like, are the parents Christians or not? And is the only reason they're saying no because you're a Christian and they don't want their daughter getting married to a Christian, for example. I don't know what the right answer is in that situation. You know, I would... It's, it's, it's tricky because it's... You need the parents' blessing, yeah. but then it's kind of like... Have you, have you heard of the story of Paul Washer when he proposed to, to his... To his uh, he, asked, uh, uh, he asked his future wife's uh, dad if he can marry her, and he knew that Paul Washer was a missionary, so he said no. And so Paul Washer, uh, he, he ended up, you know, uh, respecting his word, and he didn't, and they would talk with each other, like, through phone calls or whatever, but they didn't get married until the dad actually gave the approval. Uh, and I, I, was, I was very, I was, I was amazed by his, by his testimony and how he showed how he was 
you know, he, he trusted in God. And, you know, I would say if, if parents don't approve, if they don't bless a marriage, um, that's not a good sign, even if, I would say, even if they're not saved, even if they're not Christian, well, like what if they're Catholic and, or whatever. If the parents don't give the blessing, then it's not, a good, it's not a good start. We have to wait for the parents to give the blessing. And if it's God's timing, God's going to bless it. And, and he's going to, and he's going to give the approval and, and he's going to turn things around if, you know, if that is from God. Uh, but I, I, I do believe that, you know, if, if the parent says no, well, I guess, yeah, wait. If you know it's from God, wait. If, uh, if it just doesn't work out, then I don't if know. Say, if they say no, just ask them every single day until the, until the right time comes. Okay. Every single day, phone call. Amen. How long, how long should the engagement be before the wedding? Two weeks. <laughs> One week. Okay, uh, you guys, how long were you guys engaged before you got married? Three months? Three months. How about you guys? Same. Three months. Okay, we were a little bit under three months. Uh, let me ask, can I ask the audience who, okay, Andre, about three months? Okay, Dima, two and a half. Okay, well, there you go. Three months, three months for, okay. Ramil, where's Ramil? How long were you guys? Seven months, okay. Ratolik? One year, okay. Ruvim, how long were you? Three months. All right. Is Vajik here? Vajik? Three and a half years? Woo! He didn't have it, okay. Uh... Vasya, how long were you guys? Three months. Okay. Okay, so a good number is three months. That's <laughs> I think that answers that question, right? No, um, yeah, uh, obviously the, the, faster, uh, the faster the better uh, as far as, you know, um, yeah, you have to be ready financially. You have to be ready spiritually. You should have everything ready beforehand, honestly. If you're waiting for money or whatever, then it's a different, you know, you, sh- you should already have that before you even propose. Uh, but, you know, I, I would say, you know, a good amount of time, three months sounds like a good amount of time. I, I did not want to wait longer than that, honestly, to get her down the aisle. I was like, I got to, you know, as quick as possible, as soon as everything is ready for, for the wedding. You know, we, we actually want to go on a mission trip together. And we're like, hey, let's go on this mission trip, but not as a couple, but as a married couple. And we're like, okay, we're going to get married before the mission trip and have time for the honeymoon and then come back and then go on the mission trip. Uh, so that was our goal. And that, that seemed to work. Uh, we ha- it was a, a little bit over two and a half months. So that's enough time. Girls, that's, that's enough time to do a wedding, to plan everything out. Plenty of time, all right? Amen. Okay. Uh, okay, how much long? It's 9.09. Okay, we, I think we still have some time. Mm, is it okay to hang out one-on-one with a girl if you think you will marry her? You think you will marry if you're in a public place and you have the right at- intentions? What do you guys think about that? Just to hang out with a girl if you think, I'm not sure if it's, it says one-on-one, so I'm guessing that's a date. But you're hanging out with her one-on-one, but it's not a date. You're just hanging out one-on-one, and you're going to marry her, but it's a public place, and you have the right intentions. 
You guys want to answer that one? I feel like I've been answering everything. Um, no, that's a slippery slope. Uh, um, it could go either way, I think, because if you're, uh, you know, what's the tension behind it? It does sound like a date, and if you think you're going to get married, it's still kind of like dating to me. Um, so it really, it really depends. Did it say you have intention of getting married? There's good intentions. There's good intentions, yeah. I mean, there's usually good intentions every time, but that doesn't mean then that it's okay to do it, you know. Yeah, it, it, uh, the Bible says it, you're, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Uh, you can't trust yourself. If you think, oh, I, I feel this, I, I'm obviously right. Your heart is deceitful. You don't even know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to? Sorry, I'm going to jump in this panel. But when you are actually one-on-one uh, -on -one inside, let's say, a healthy environment, after church, at a youth camp, just that one-on-one -on -one factor already says a lot. Meaning when you isolate yourself with just one person for a long period of time, you guys are talking in the corner, people still see you, and it's, it's a big amount of information that you're presenting. Meaning this. You, as a guy, you're talking to a girl, you're telling her, hey, I'm interested in you. This is why we're talking. And same thing with the girl. She's kind of like, well, I got drug into this conversation in the corner. Can I leave? You know, she, you're saying a lot already without, without you know, going, hey, let's, let's, let's make this official. It, it is official because you're there for a long period of time conversating. You're basically going, hey, this is what's happening. So <clears throat> I remember in my scenario, me and Tanya would, Talk. I remember a fire alarm going off in a church at a birthday party, and everybody ran out of the building, and we were trying to figure out how to shut down the fire alarm, and it was just me and her, and we were laughing. And I remember these moments because I felt like I was giving her a signal of approval and, and, and friendship. And I remember in those moments where I was like, I have to actually stop conversating with her and break it off because I don't have all the, I don't have all the clarity and parameters to do that. And I had respect for her. And I remember she, we were later talking, she, she, she told me, you did that all the time. It was like, I got hope, and then you just broke it off and took off. And I'm like, what just happened? And it was actually a healthy thing because it wasn't, it, I wasn't confirming, hey, let's start something, let's start something, let's start something. I was telling her, hey, I'm waiting for God, I'm waiting for God, I'm waiting for God. There's a danger. It's like you're just like killing that girl's heart. Like seriously, guys, like don't do that. Because that poor girl, I don't know, like, you're just, yeah, you're leading her on, and, and she's thinking about this all the time. And, like, the her poor heart and her poor mind, like, do not do that. Like, if you have attention, you want to get married, go talk to Dima and, and, like, and propose to her. If not, leave her alone. Yeah, and it's, it's... Be a man. I think that's the biggest problem I have with dating when it comes to guys. When, when, you, when you're just doing this, but you're not willing to make a commitment to her, mm -hmm. yeah. you're not a man. You're a boy. You're a boy that can't control his feelings. Because you just, I want to do this. I want to hang out. This is fun. I really like you. But you're not willing to, to actually do what a real man does is make a commitment and be like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And, and actually take that step and take that leap of faith. Is it's it's a huge sign of, of immaturity when, when when you play around with, with that. In any situation, it's like the same question: Is it okay to be one on one in public? But you and it says you you know you think you will marry that person. You don't even know inside your head if 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 that's the right person, and you're kind of just like 
playing this game like, oh, let me, let me figure it out. If you try to figure it out yourself, you're going to fail, and it's going to be bad for you and, and your future wife. If you let God figure it out, you'll be blessed. Amen. Yeah, uh, I think one of the problems of our society today is it teaches that boys can, can, do, can have the, 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 uh, the benefits of, of what men have, right? Like, what, what, what do I mean by that? If people that are not ready for, for the benefits of marriage... They want to experience those benefits when they're not even ready for it. They're not ready to take on that responsibility of leading a family, of leading you know, your family to God and actually being responsible for the, for the souls of your children. That's, that's, we're, we're talking big-time responsibility that people don't want to take it today. They just want to enjoy this, this fling. They want to enjoy it, but they don't want the responsibility. And, and that's where we say, hey, marriage is, is not about just this fling. It's about a responsibility because when, when it comes down to it, you're going to spend the rest of your life with her. And, and listen, if you're not going to take on responsibility, don't play with that, right? Don't play with that fire. Um, I want to, we have a couple more. Uh, okay, we kind of covered this one, but I'm just going to bring it up just because somebody asked. I thought we covered it, but what if you're talking with the person you you like already, but you're not ready to get married, what do you do? So we kind of covered that in the question of um, what is the right thing to do when you like someone, but you're not ready to get married yet. It's kind of the same question that you guys answered. Um, I don't know. Is it worth answering that again? Or well, Plus it depends. What if you're talking with the person? What does that mean, what if you're talking? Like so you're talking like, like you're, you call each I guess other you're on the phone, you text all day long, you go on dates. Is that talking or is talking? I, I guess like you're starting something with this person, something starting, but nothing is. So when I, I've come across this, when people say, we're just texting. And listen, you're just playing with fire. And the devil wants to destroy you. You need to take this seriously. Because as Christians, we're fighting a war. We're fighting a war. And the devil wants to destroy your future family. So if you're just texting, you better stop. Because you have no idea what kind of consequences that will have for your marriage. Maybe she is the right person for you, but you, you better not play around. You go to pastor, you confess, you say, pastor, I've been texting her, I like this girl, she's so great, but you know, I, I don't have my money ready, I don't have a job, and you, and you better confess to someone, and you better repent, and you better not do that again. Because I'm, I'm telling you, and we've seen this in different, um, even people that were in youth when we were younger, and now they're gone, and now they're divorced, and now they're married, divor remarried, divorced, or whatever. It's like, you do not play with fire. Yeah. All right. Okay, this is, a, um, this is more of like a, um, a practical question. What if you marry someone, not for the looks, but what's inside of them, but after the marriage, they stop taking care of themselves? <laughs> Could that be... <laughs> or does that have to do with their spiritual state? Does that have to do with their spiritual state? What if so? Basically, it's what if you marry somebody not for their looks, but what what was in their heart? But then they're like, oh, okay, you married me for my heart, so I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna try anymore. <laughs> I would say if you're looking at someone from the side and judging them, don't judge. You know, if it's your if it's the person that you marry, you'll be attracted to them physically. It's not going to be only about their heart. I I don't think that's the question. I know, but I'm going to answer like okay, what's okay. behind the question mm -hmm. is you're kind of like maybe you're looking at some couple you know and you're judging them. You're saying, "Look, the girl looks horrible, 
why did they even get married? Or maybe you've heard this on like TV or something, right? But what I'm saying, when it's from God, you will like that person physically, you will like them spiritually. It will not, you will not end up like this. Don't, don't think like, oh, I'm like, this is how I'm getting married. And then afterwards, like, oh, look, now what they look like. Like, okay. no, it won't be like that. Could, uh, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, they, they didn't get married for looks, but after the marriage, their, their spouse just stops trying completely. Is that, does that have to do with their spiritual state or what, what is that? Uh, you know, honestly, I think it's, a, it's an important question because, um, yeah, like I just said, you, you, it's not like there's some image like, oh, you have to do, you have to be like this. Like, that's not what we're saying. But, uh, you know, one of the things that is part of marriage, and, and this is where guys and girls, this is for all of us, you know, we need to learn how to take care of ourselves, uh, especially after getting married. Uh, what do you do if, if they don't, I don't know, pray or I don't know. That's, you know, I, honestly, I, can, can I say one more thing? Uh, you might have seen that. You, you could have seen that before. If someone, if someone was not taking care of themselves before they got married, they're definitely not going to take care of themselves after they get married. If someone was, if someone was eating sugar all the time and, and, and then, you know, that you get married, they're going to continue to eat sugar all the time and they're not going to be in good shape. You, you, have to, you, have to see that, you have to see that coming. So, you know, during the process when you're, you know, when you're evaluating, you have to see what a person is like. And, and if, listen, if they're a slob, like just, I'm going to put it like that. If they're a slob, they're going to be a slob after you get married too. Uh, I'm... That might be a little harsh, but I'm just going to, that, that, that was on yeah, my mind. Yeah, but I also think, uh, like Sushi was saying, communicate. I think at that point you have to communicate. If you love them and it's something on your heart and you can't handle it anymore, you're going to be like, you know, you need to get off them like Twinkies or something, you know. Like, you got to just say, say it straight because you're the only person that can say it that straight to them without them, you know, it'll hurt their feelings, but you love them and you're telling them this, right? It, it's different if their friends said that to them, so... I just want to add, um, we don't have that situation, but just to add, every time that something happens, um, like Dennis doesn't like my outfit or he doesn't like how I did my hair, he will tell me about it. Like, and at first I would get offended. I'd be like, do you not like how I look? And, and, but then he's like, well, no, but I like this better or I like this better. Like, we had communication about it. So I think like everybody said, communication is key. You can always just go and buy them new clothes. Th that too works. Great. Good style. <laughs> we we remember Andre before marriage and Andre after Tanya. Like, come on. Вообще-то можно по-русски, чтобы быстрее было? Yes. Somebody English? interpret for Heather. Yeah. Or I, I, I can speak English. Okay. So Bible said, um, when you're getting married, then your body does, does not belong to yourself. It belongs to your spouse, right? And you know what? You have to talk about it before you get married. And you have to understand, fully understand, that your body belongs to, to your spouse. And when this question arises, when, when you're already in, in a marriage, it's easy, it's easy to discuss. It's easy, you know, to say, you know what? I like, I like you to be like that. Or I like that, that kind of outfit. Or I like that kind of hairstyle on you. 
and it's going to be acceptable because you already talked uh, about it before, before you got married. And you already, you know, decided that, that, uh, that I don't belong to myself and you don't belo uh, belong to yourself. And that's the beauty of, of the marriage uh, when God is in the center. Yeah, I actually was thinking about that verse right before you said it. Um, okay, last couple questions and we'll be done. So this is kind of, this is from one person, so I'm going to ask these together. Um, what if a guy proposes to you, but you don't want to say yes? Um, let's get a, can we get a girl? You want to answer that one? Sure. I think um, be honest with the, with the person. Uh, don't try to hurt them in any way. Be like, well, don't, I, if it was me, I wouldn't even tell them, hey, let me pray about it, because that's giving them hope. Um, I just be honest about it. Be like, I don't have a revelation from God about it. Um, maybe it's not the right time for us. Maybe pray more about it. I will not about this situation, but maybe it's just not the right time, right person. I would add, if you like are really struggling with something, you can also. Um, we'll give a shout out to Alastrok because I know she had that actually in her life several times and she's publicly shared it. So I would say you can ask her to share her testimony with you. Yes. Okay, and this is the other question uh, and we'll end on this. Is it okay to hang out with guys? So this is a girl writing this because she asked if a guy proposes to you. So uh, is it okay to hang out with guys from church if you're not ready to get married so is, is it okay for, for a girl to hang out with guys from church? Uh, just like a hangout. So I guess it's not girls. So this is a girl not wanting to hang out with girls, but hanging out with guys, guys instead. You know, I would say that it's, a, uh, that it's not a good sign when girls, you don't want to hang out with girls. Uh, because it just shows. The reason is because uh, girls, they know, they know each other, right? Girls know, uh, you know, what a girl is like. And they can quickly diagnose what's going on. And a lot of times girls that only want to hang out with guys is they don't want to deal with the, maybe the, not the drama, but like to, to deal with the, with the issues that come up when they do hang out with girls. Uh, and so, you know, that's, I would say beware, uh, guys beware of girls that don't hang out with other girls. Because that goes to show that something in their character is not right. They're not willing to... Uh, to step over themselves. They're not willing to humble themselves. That means there's some kind of issue going on in their character, something you got to be really, uh, you know, watchful for. Do you guys want to add to that? Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, that, that's it. Um, that's all the questions. All right. So I guess this didn't turn out too bad. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, let's, I don't know, did you guys want to add anything before, uh, before, we're, before we're done? Yeah, I would say out of all of this, just trust the Lord. Uh, that's the biggest, I think, that's the biggest underlining statement is, is uh, you know, all these details, all these questions you can analyze and, oh, okay, that's what that person said, it's going to work. It, it never the only thing, the only common denominator is trusting the Lord. That's the only thing that will get us anywhere, that will get anybody through these maybe thoughts or emotions. 
Um, that's if there's something to leave off on. I think trusting the Lord is the biggest key, and you you truly have to trust Him. Yeah. All right, uh, let's let's stand up and let's uh, let's finish with the prayer, and uh, let's just ask that the Holy Spirit would just give us wisdom. Uh, you know that the Holy Spirit gives all of you guys wisdom, as uh, so that He would lead you into the right uh, to the right person. He would lead you in your life. God, we thank you for this, for this night. We thank you, Lord, for this, for this panel that we had. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just bless everyone that is, that is waiting right now, that is, that is looking, that is, that is expecting from you, that is trusting from you, Lord. We pray that you would bless them. God, I pray that you would bless every single person. Give them wisdom. Give them guidance, Lord. Give them direction from you, Lord, because without you, Lord, we, we are hopelessly lost, God, and we know that we don't we don't do things the way that the world does it. God, we don't, we don't do what the world does, Lord. We, we, we don't seek advice the way that the world seeks advice. Lord, we seek advice from you, and we look to you as our provider, Lord. And, and with this topic, with, with marriage, Lord, as being one of the most important things in our life, God, I pray that you would lead every single person here. Lead every single person, Holy Spirit, that everyone would be led by you, God. Everyone would be led, would be, would be uh, just, they would have your wisdom, they would have the wisdom that comes from you. God, I pray for wisdom, for divine understanding, God, divine wisdom and how to act. How to, how to handle themselves, Lord. I pray that you would give every person here wisdom, that in, in I6 at Youth, we would have wisdom, we would have uh, discernment, we would have, uh, we would have godly standards, that we would not do what this world does, Lord, that we would live holy. And one day, Lord, we know that you will bless us, that you will bless us with a wonderful marriage, the kind, Lord, that we can only imagine in, 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 in some, kind of a, some kind of a fairy tale, Lord, but we know that it is possible. God, we've seen it happen, Lord. We've seen it, and we know that it is possible when it's done by your will, when it's done based on your principles, on your, when it's led by you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you. We give you praise for everything. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, all right. We are done with tonight. So if you guys want.